0: Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Paul Calvisi joins me from Nashville. He's been with the team since their arrival. What has he seen? What has he heard? What should we expect for Saturday's preseason finale? But first, Paul has jokes. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 584, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed it.
1: Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts.
0: He's at the 10, half a 5. He's in again. Some more Murray magic. Wow. Here's Craig Grealoux. So I got to ask, Hall, have you reached out either personally or through a third party and apologized to Buddha Baker yet?
1: I've been looking for Buddha, I really have Uh, and I'm trying to explain myself, the last guy who's making jokes about body weight is Paulie Pencilneck, that was not my intention, the question got a little sideways, got misinterpreted when I said 110s I meant combined 220 and he obviously doesn't weigh 220 and you know what, I would just be better off and and just forget those kind of questions and remember my own mantra, no math so in the future I gotta keep that in mind
0: For those that might have missed it, Baker addressing the media and what we saw earlier on Tuesday, we saw another one of those promos for Hard Knocks in Season, which debuts November 9th, and it all it is is Buda Baker and the weight room doing shoulder shrugs. 110 pounds, according to Buda Baker, to which, Paul, you said what?
1: I said, I said, the 110s, that's your body weight, meaning, plural, 110 plus 110 equals 220. They list Buddha at 195. I mean, the guy's shrugging more than his body weight. It's impressive. That was the point or intention of the question. He didn't take it as such. He thought I meant that he didn't weigh 110, and he said, oh, we got jokes, <laughs> and he laughed. And what was ironical, if you will, was that moments earlier he had said how he had used a lot of the same jokes during he'd used throughout camp, but he had a new audience in the Titans and the Joint. Practice, So he'd gotten a lot of cheap laughs like that. And so it was kind of funny uh, that then all of a sudden I was accused of trying to go with jokes.
0: So for the record, by the way, Buda Baker checks in at one ninety four. And we know a lot of musicians <laughs> a lot of musicians will go to Nashville for their country music. Paul goes to Music City as a stand up comedian and work out his material with the Arizona Cardinals.
1: Hey, at least I didn't end up on the karaoke stage like other members members oh. of this travel party last night who will go unnamed Darren <laughs> wow. Urban.
0: Okay, there's some ammunition for next week's Cardinals Underground. All right, let's get into it here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. You've been there the entire week with the Arizona Cardinals, the preseason finale coming up on Saturday against the Tennessee Titans. What have you seen? What have you heard? Your biggest takeaway, and I can say this, just one joint practice, and that might have been a good thing considering what happened on the second joint practice between the Bengals and Rams this week.
1: Yeah, and you know what? The second practice between the Titans and Bucks last week got sideways, and they had a mini-brawl. So as we found out afterwards, both teams were warned by the head coaches, thou shalt not go into fisticuffs, all right? Let's not get feisty, no dust-ups. And so anybody who was expecting as much, they were sorely disappointed. Didn't mean there wasn't a lot of intensity out there. Watching the O-line, D-line, Watching you know, a Cody Ford go against a Jeffrey Simmons, and you got your first look, and there was some good and there was some bad. You know, I, I thought Zach Allen looked excellent in some of the O line, D line drills. Man, he is tracking greed to have a really good season. Knock on wood, he stays healthy with that ankle all year. There was a lot to see in terms of the intensity and the competitive fire. The Cardinals play their starters as little as anyone in the NFL, so I get it. We all wonder, are they regular season ready? But based on that joint practice, uh, you know what? I would stamp them ready for week one against Patrick Mahomes and company. And I'll tell you what, maybe the most impressive guy out there. Man, we got to practice a lot of patience because his name was DeAndre Hopkins. And as A.J. Green told us afterwards, he came out intent on putting on a show. He was going to, quote, one-hand everything, and he did. Multiple balls he caught with one hand. In fact, it was interesting, the only rep he lost – was Caleb Farley, the first round pick from a year ago, six foot two corner out of Virginia Tech? A lot of injury issues coming out of college and last season. He's finally healthy. And as we're leaving the field after the joint practice, there's the sports talk radio blowhards over there in Nashville, right? Okay, I use that lovingly because we're in the same industry. And what were they talking about? The one rep that DeAndre Hopkins lost when Caleb Farley tracked him on a go-route, step-for-step, and made a pass breakup. So it just shows you how much respect DeAndre Hopkins has. And when one of the young players actually showed up against Hop, well, they put that at the top of their checklist.
0: Got to wait until week seven, and that's really unfortunate because as much as we love to see D-Hop on the field during the week prior to Sundays, I'm okay if the man does not practice. He has proven himself to me that when when the lights are on or in a competitive situation like it was this week against the Titans, he is going to go 100%. He is going to go all out, and no one is going to beat him. The one highlight that made its way back here to Arizona, the one-on-one, and literally looked like A little bit of a push-up with that official there in the corner of the end zone. Didn't throw a flag. Reached up and just snatched the ball out of the air. And just the nonchalant reaction that Hopkins has when he makes these catches just leaves everyone scratching their head.
1: Yeah, on camera is was nonchalant, but when the camera stopped rolling, he went around and tried to make sure everyone did have it on camera because <laughs> he wanted it for his IG story. So, And he was a little disappointed because one of the camera people was blocked, so they had to go to a different uh, camera person. I think from the Titans actually got what you saw, and then they went to the All-22, the overhead, the team film to get you another angle on that one. But look, Reed, in all seriousness... When we interviewed Cam Turner, quarterbacks coach, co-passing game coordinator, a couple weeks ago on the Big Red Rage, what did he tell us about DeAndre Hopkins? That when he's on the field, they see different coverages. They see different defensive philosophies. He really does dictate that coverage that Kyler Murray sees and from all indications Kyler Murray is more adept at deciphering coverage when number 10 is out on the field so if they can just keep their head above water the first six games and then bring back DeHop, I think everything changes really for what Kyler's seen in terms of trying to decipher and knowing where to go with a ball it just becomes a lot easier for him of course the x-factor is what will Hollywood Brown do in trying to dictate those cover is he going to get that brackage coverage and maybe some extra attention that a deandre hopkins typically gets is that going to be afforded towards a hollywood brown that's the cardinals hope because that seemingly is when the cardinals offense passing game is at its best
0: we have to wait so that's Not good, but we do not have to wait, and you brought him up already. Cody Ford, the newest Cardinals player, offensive lineman, 6'3", 329. He'll wear number 72 for the Arizona Cardinals. And it sounds like, according to the head coach, Paul, we're going to see Cody Ford in action on Saturday.
1: Yeah, just like we saw him. He got off a plane. He showed up in Nashville to the team hotel, and then about two hours later, he was running first-team offensive line at left guard for Justin Pugh. He's had plenty of NFL experience. He has a great connection with Kyler. Obviously, we know all that. And there's a lot of similarities to me when you look at him and the acquisition of Will Hernandez. These are both guys who are taken high atop round two, highly thought of coming out of college. And then things got a little sideways the more they got into their NFL career. He started 15 games as a rookie Cody Ford at Buffalo, but then didn't quite get the same traction. From what I can ascertain, they really consider him a guard and a guard only. Sort of the opposite of a Josh Jones. What did we find out last year? That Josh Jones really is a tackle. He doesn't have much of a future at guard. In a pinch, in an emergency, okay. I think that's the same deal with Cody Ford. Do they like the positional flexibility? Is he capable of that, getting you out of a game, a tackle if needed? He told us yesterday he's played every position except for left tackle and then, of course, center. So he feels confident. In fact, I asked him, how confident are you with it?" And he, he stared at me, and he paused, and he said, well, I don't want to say what I want to say. Let's just say I'm definitely confident I can play in this league. He's known to have a mean streak. And so, and he has that same body type as a Will Hernandez. So for all of us who have been speculating for a good five or six months that the Cardinals are going to be more intent on a power run game, a straight-ahead power game where they're going to just look at you and try and come off the ball and beat you in the trenches, I think Cody Ford adds to that narrative because that's the sort of player he is. When he struggles, according to a lot of the scouting reports, it's in pass pro. And he, you know, he shouldn't have as much of a problem with such a mobile quarterback in Kyler Murray.
0: You like the addition, but I do think it was an addition that was based off of need and not so much of an upgrade. Justin Pugh, you talked about it; he's dealing with a stinger. We've got Justin Murray dealing with an ankle injury. Marquise Hayes, a knee. Danny Isadora, a lower leg issue. Those are four guards right now, and you need someone whether it is not Justin Pugh Cody Ford can go in there and plug right away to be that starting left guard
1: you needed a proven veteran offensive lineman as you just broke down think about Justin Pugh we presume he's going to be ready for week one okay but he's also in year 10 and he has a recent history of some injuries Will Hernandez okay he had the ankle he's looked great but then what then what do you have you have rookies or you have unproven journeymen. So, yes, I agree. And also, you have a lot of complex coming off this season next year. So, to give up a fifth rounder for a Cody Ford who you had highly rated coming out in the draft. And you get him in there with Sean Kugler, he already raved about the dynamic in the room with the personalities and the good mix and guys able to keep it light and they're helping him out. So I, to me, I like this. You buy low and maybe you're able to acquire high, you know, a future guy, just like a Will Hernandez. Again, you got Will Hernandez off the street for basically the veterans minimum. Here's a guy who was the second guard taken after Quentin Nelson a few years ago. So you see, you know, and the uncertainty of this entire offensive line, now you have an entire season to evaluate a player instead of taking a chance in free agency
0: really this could be a win win for both sides paul and we've seen it how many times where a player sometimes just a change of scenery a a new team can elevate that player and i liked what cody ford had to tell you guys in nashville quote it's a gamble on myself i wanted a new opportunity whatever happens it's all on me i like the attitude humble but also a humble brag as well, because as a former second round pick, yes, teammates with Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown at Oklahoma, he does have the skill set. It just might not have, it just might not have appeared quite yet as a second round former second round pick.
1: And you know, what, for all the talk about Cody Ford and Kyler Murray, he really has more in common with Hollywood Brown, does he not? He's really looking for that second big contract to cash in he's looking for a system where he can show the most of his ability and show that he's truly capable of being you know a superior performer in the NFL so he has that in common and there are enough guys on this roster when you look up and down guys who are in a contract year guys who are in a prove-it year if you're if you're not that guy you still have a lot to prove, and there's that edge that I've noticed in this team coming off how last season finished and some of the noise and the criticism in this off season, and some of the other drama that's gone on. And, and a lot of the Cardinals and a lot of these, these analytics are being uh, just – I mean, to go in a DVOA to finish last year sixth on the defensive side of the ball and then to be rated going into this season 28th on defense – Guys may not know how they formulate the DVOA, but they're well aware of how people are dismissing the defense. So I like the edge that I've seen out here, and and I thought we saw that in the Titans' practice. In fact, afterwards, you heard Mike Vrabel admonishing his Titans team for not matching the energy and the juice and the intensity that Cardinals brought out to that joint practice.
0: You bring up the defense, and here is where I'm going to rely on you, Paul, because you were there – you actually have the context, uh, context of what was seen and how it was delivered. I'm just going by what I saw and kind of what I heard, but you were there, and you get the sense, how concerned are you? Because I'm very concerned right now when I look at that defense in that cornerback room because of the uncertainty and not knowing too much, in fact, not knowing anything about Antonio Hamilton.
1: Yeah, that really is a mystery. I, I don't know what to say about Antonio Hamilton. Uh, I certainly didn't see him suffer an injury in the Ravens game on the sideline. So I don't know when. But then again, there's 90-plus guys on that sideline. There's a lot of traffic, and you can miss a lot of stuff. So I don't know exactly what's going on. Could it be another health issue of some sort beyond a football-related injury? Sure. I don't know. Could it be a toe injury? Ever since he was named C B two and a starter, could that that be part of the equation with the Cardinals a good seventeen million under the cap? I don't know. The speculation is out there. Whatever it is, you gotta hope you don't need depth in that cornerback room, Gree. I'm comfortable with Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson. And Isaiah Simmons really being the third safety. We've seen it. The Cardinals' base defense is almost that nickel look with Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, and Isaiah Simmons and then the two top corners. So if the Cardinals use that primarily to start the season, especially against a Kansas City team that features Travis Kelsey, you got to figure Isaiah Simmons, if it's a game of matchups, he's checking their all-pro tight end through much of the game. you got to figure there. So I'm comfortable with that, but... You know how it works in the NFL. The injuries can pile up at any moment, and then you have depth that is largely unproven and untested. Josh Jackson has looked good at times, but it's been a bit of a roller coaster in terms of his performance. You saw how good he looked in preseason game number one, then not so much in preseason game number two. Christian Matthew, okay, sure, he has the measurables, but here's a seventh-round rookie out of Aldosta State. And as someone told me, Greg, you got to figure that, okay, um, they haven't gone against – these premier quarterbacks most of August. Think about it. Kyler Murray missed a lot. Cole McCoy has missed almost the entirety of Cardinals training camp. And then in the games, it's not like these corners went against Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. So you hope you're not getting a false positive on some of these corners going against backup quarterbacks primarily as you get ready for the regular season.
0: I appreciate the versatility of an Isaiah Simmons, Jalen Thompson, being able to cover in the slot, maybe even a Buda Baker as well but you have, with the uncertainty of Antonio Hamilton, two cornerbacks that you can count on, maybe one and a half because the jury is still out, according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury on Marco Wilson. Now, whether that was more of a kick in the rear or legit worry that Antonio Hamilton is just better than a Marco Wilson at this point. But you said something interesting that I kind of thought about over the last couple of days, non-football injury, because when Kingsbury is asked what's wrong, and he responds with, "We'll let you know week one when we have to." That's not next week. That's in two weeks. Next week nope. is that bye week. So, and Cliff has been very—I wouldn't say he's been very open when talking about injuries. But when asked point blank, point blank, "Hey, what's wrong with this player?" He tells you it's not upper body, lower body. He'll give you a body part. This was this was a little bit more to use your word, mysterious, to where maybe it is something. Hopefully not as serious, but a non football related injury.
1: Because I'll tell you what, there was no one more consistent day in and day out for my money at Cardinals Camp 2022 than Antonio Hamilton. That guy was locked in every single practice. He I mean the way he was jawing and barking at the offensive sideline, he came to compete every single day. So it just sort of adds to the mystery what exactly is going on. At the same time, Whether he's, and you expect him back at some point, but even with Antonio Hamilton on this roster, would you be surprised if the Cardinals made a deal for a corner? I would not. If they're able to deal from a position of strength, the back end of the receiver room, for example, the back end of the running back room, You use one of those assets to go out and get another corner, a proven veteran, maybe someone, once again, in a contract year, another team is not interested in extending long-term. If you can find that trade partner and you can bring in a corner, I could easily see this team trading an Eno Benjamin or Andy Isabella, for example.
0: Paul, I've been waiting for a veteran cornerback to be added months ago. I I thought it would have happened by now. I understand the reasoning why sometimes you want to wait. Patience, see what you already have on the roster, and yes, when you have a veteran and you sign them ahead of week one, that contract becomes guaranteed. If you wait until after that first game, it's not a guaranteed contract, but there are a handful of quality veterans available. Now, if they were that quality, they would be on an NFL roster right now, but they do have options. Talking about the Cardinals, I just thought it would have been done by now until as we sit here late August.
1: Yeah, I'd say it's one of two scenarios. Number one, our, co- our colleague Darren Urban is right. <laughs> Cardinals are going to wait till after the first game and then bring in a veteran corner so they're not beholden to him for the entire season's worth of a sizable salary, right? Because there are some big names still out on the market. Okay. Or number two, Steve Kime has been working the phones, and he's just using the waiting game, waiting for some of the trade prices to come down, perhaps, the cost of doing business, and as teams get closer to finalizing their 53, and it's coming up in in force right after this final preseason game, well, now teams are really willing to dicker and make a trade and come down, perhaps, in their asking price. So, uh, you know, if it doesn't happen, in the next week here obviously then i don't think it's happening until after the kansas city game and once again in terms of the cornerback room against kansas city minus tyreek hill and what they have now their primary receiving weapon is travis kelsey and you have that covered with you know the Cardinals' safety some of the best in the nfl including isaiah simmons so maybe the urgency there isn't as great until perhaps maybe you get to week two and the Raiders and you have Devontae Adams and company
0: and then you've got the Rams in week three so it's a position that needs to be addressed and I'll say this because of the uncertainty with Antonio Hamilton when we talk about players that will be on the field on Saturday in that preseason finale we know Byron Murphy is not going to play he hasn't played this entire preseason Paul I am not playing Marco Wilson at all let him go through pregame warmups. I am not risking, even if he's out there for one series, because of the uncertainty. Now, Cardinals know more than I do, but I am not willing to risk another cornerback injury. Yeah.
1: yeah, down Antonio Hamilton. I do agree with you. Would he benefit from some more reps, even against backup quarterbacks like Malik Willis? Sure. You know, any and all reps are good, but at this point, you can't afford the potential injury. Now, Zayvon Collins, that's a different question. I don't think Zayman Collins at this point, if he asked me to forecast, is tracking for a starting spot. I just don't and so with that in mind if they think he's still he still needs more work and he definitely does then i could easily see him getting the first quarter against the titans team that you got to figure is going to come out and run the ball they're not going to go with derrick henry <laughs> by the way just derrick henry on 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 the bicycle just working on the side oh my god i have the same reaction every time i see derrick henry field level and it goes something like this what's the defensive end doing playing tailback i mean six three two fifty Uh, of just chiseled uh, muscle. It's unbelievable seeing Derrick Henry. So now Zayvon Collins against this power run game on a Saturday night, I think there's a lot for him to gain. I I really do. I know we easily dismiss these preseason snaps, but he's looked really good in coverage, Zayvon Collins. We've seen him running downfield against running backs and tight ends, making plays on the ball stride for stride with some of these receivers in camp. You still haven't seen the instincts. And you know what? You know it when you see it. Did we not see it immediately with Chandler Wooten against the Ravens? He comes in the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden he is just shooting gaps. He is reading his keys. He's playing linebacker with the instincts and experience of a guy who was a three-year starter in the SEC. So you know it when you have it, and the Cardinals are still waiting for Zayvon Collins to be that guy in terms of stopping the
0: run. Personally, I want to see Zayvon Collins on the field. Now, Cliff, told you guys that it's a game-time decision whether Zayvon or Marco play. But to your point, we haven't seen the splash plays from Zayvon Collins. He's played okay and has gotten lost a handful of snaps. But when you are a former first-round pick, there are expectations. And when you're going up against backups, the expectation is for you to dominate. And I don't think outside of that tackle for loss last week against the Ravens on the tight end – I don't think we've seen Zayvon Collins dominate even in the limited number of snaps.
1: Yeah, And it's not just reading his keys, uh, as we've heard from some of the insiders. It's his ability or inability to get off blocks. It's allowing offensive linemen to get into his body. He's got to shoot those hands out. He's got to shed the block and make the play. The moment he's tied up and doesn't come off the block, the offense wins. The old lineman wins. That's his assignment. Tie up the inside linebacker so the running back or someone else can make a cut, get to the second level, and he gone, and that happens too often. There are too many chunk runs when Zayvon Collins is on the field, and so just that alone is is beneficial, him trying to get out there and work on shedding blocks because until he does that, he's not going to be the middle linebacker the Cardinals thought he could be.
0: Preseason game number three, the preseason finale. Four o'clock is the kickoff, 12.30 pregame on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Paul, you will have the call along with Drew Stanton. What else as far as where your eyes and the storylines that you're paying attention to on this third preseason game? Cliff was asked, you know, positions, roster spots. I do think there are a handful of jobs that can be won or lost based off performances on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been a joy to watch Greg Dortch and Andy Isabella. It, it really is. Wolf and I had the argument over Andy Isabella. he the most improved guy in camp, and unfortunately, Wolf is wrong. It's Victor D. DiMuchegi. Wolf's sitting over here, by the way. It's Victor D. Mukherjee from from last year to this year, but Andy Isabella is a close second in my estimation, as Wolf's giving me the thumbs down right now. He does look like a complete polished receiver, Andy Isabella. When he made that sliding grab... For a first down against the Ravens the other night, that's something we had not seen to date from Andy Isabella. When he's now making contested catches, grabbing the ball away from his body, that is a different receiver. That is an improved receiver. And we've gone through it. You you went through it earlier this week, right, when you – if you can't account for DeAndre Hopkins and you can't and you don't know the status of an Antoine Wesley and even some of the other guys like a Rondale Moore, is that a bit of a mystery? We don't know exactly what's going on there. Look, there's a place on Andy Isabella to start this season on the final 53 unless dot, 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 another team comes calling. And for him to put on that performance on national TV, I think that really benefited the Cardinals in being able perhaps to market him. Greg Dorch has made this team period just on special teams he's made it and not to mention what he's been able to he looks so good against the titans dbs they had no answer for him now we get to the running back room okay so you got four guys for three spots i really think it's two guys for one spot because jonathan ward has made this team i think keonta ingram the rookie has made this team he's on all the special teams they love his upside he's got that size and athleticism that you just can't find anywhere, even though he is the nineteenth running back taken, they like him. I truly think it's Eno Benjamin against Daryl Williams for the last spot in that running back room. And just the fact that Darrell Williams suited up for the Ravens game when he initially wasn't going to, maybe he felt the urgency. And so uh, I'm curious how they split up the carries against the Titans in this final preseason game and just like they've done with Andy Isabella to a large degree maybe they showcase Eno Benjamin and we come full circle greed to the start of the offseason when Eno Benjamin was getting a lot of of props and plaudits from the head coach and maybe that continues right up to perhaps making a trade before August 30th.
0: Would really hate to say that Paul Calvisi, one of his hot takes, and Bird Gang, he has a number of hot takes during the course of the offseason. I mean, it's on a weekly basis. But one of your hot takes was Eno Benjamin being propped up to be a trade candidate.
1: KVB uh, Kyle Vandenbosch, uh, you know, he he admonished me for that on the pregame show about the hot takes. But it's amazing how many of these perhaps might come to fruition, agree. And and you know what? Sometimes you gotta read through read through some of the media comments because do head coaches and GMs use the media to send a message not only to their own team, but the thirty one other teams? Say yes, because that does happen. And so and look, I've had a couple of coaches tell me in the last two weeks when I've asked about the running back room, and nobody's saying anything. They won't give up any intel on this other than to say the following. We have five week one running backs. Now only four is going to be on the Cardinals roster. That fifth one will be on somebody else's week one roster final 53. So you just cut that guy and get nothing in return. Or do you at least try and dangle that guy out there? Eno Benjamin, perhaps a Darryl Williams, even though he came off the street and signed for basically the veterans minimum. You dangle that guy out there and just get something in return, even if it's a day three pick.
0: I just looked it up last week against the Ravens. Eno 21 snaps, Darryl Williams 4 snaps. So pay attention to who's working pregame. Pay attention who's playing special teams on Saturday, which leads us to the last position group I want to touch on here, Paul, and that is outside linebacker. You've got seven, not all seven. You can't keep all seven. You do not have that stud in Chandler Jones. Marcus Golden may or may not be dealing with a toe. How serious is it? Could it be mitigated somehow to where he returns sooner rather than later? And you've got three draft picks that really haven't impressed to where can you count on having an impact early in the season?
1: You know the guy who I'm maybe most curious to see week one against Kansas City in regular season action was our guest on the Big Red Rage, Dennis Gardeck. He has looked so good in camp. He has been a problem for Cardinals offensive linemen. Just ask Kelvin Beecham and D.J. Humphreys. He he was definitely a problem in Cincinnati and then against Baltimore, and he gave some of the Titans offensive linemen – Fits. He was winning a lot of his reps. In that 11-on-11, 11 11 two-minute drill, There, I wrote down Gardeck's sack in one of those reps, even though the pass was thrown by the Titans' QBs. And, and talking to him on the Big Red Rage and and he's and him saying, you know what, I feel like I'm playing fast again. He definitely feels like 2020. He looks like 2020 when he had seven sacks and a bunch of other production and 93 defensive snaps. And for him to admit, you know what, all the questions that you guys have about whether I can recapture 2020 production, I have myself. I, you know, And I'm going to have to wait to find out. But you see the motivation in his eye. And so I'm real curious in that room to see Dennis Gardeck and then Victor DiMuchegi. We already mentioned that. I talked to a lot of offensive linemen. If you want to know about players, ask the guys going against him in practice. And they said it's legit. He, he's stout against the run. He can obviously set the edge but he's refined his body. He has improved his get-off and his explosion. So I'm curious how those two guys translate to the regular season, along with a Marcus Golden and a Devon Kennard, who I've talked to a couple of times, and, and DK is really motivated to prove that there was a reason he was a starter for multiple seasons in Detroit. He feels like he's been dismissed as a viable starter in this Cardinals defense. So if you have those four guys, you have that rotation. And then, as you mentioned, the three rookies, There's definitely more of a learning curve than I think the Cardinals might have anticipated. I'm not sure. The only guy I could see dressing against Kansas City may be my Jay Sanders, and they might use him in a pass rushing situation, second and third or long, and and something like that. Otherwise, uh, I think you go with those four experienced outside linebackers week one.
0: A lot of decisions still to be made. The last evaluation coming up on Saturday, Cardinals and Titans, the preseason finale. Paul Calvisi, Andrew Stanton on the radio call Paul will uh we'll let you go off of that. We know you got some last minute shopping to do. You got to get that cowboy hat, you got to get the cowboy boots so you fit in on Saturday.
1: Yeah, there's two kinds of player in this camp right now. Those who own their own cowboy boots and hat <laughs> and those who do not. And the only guys willing to admit to actually owning the cowboy hat and boots is Avin Collins, Trey McBride and well, I'm not sure Cliff Kingsbury admitted to the hat and the boots, but he did say he's a big country music fan. So those are the three guys owning it here in Nashville.
0: Good luck on that shopping spree, and you can write it off as a uh, tax business expense
1: well uh, and every barbecue trip is uh, going on wolfley's tab put it that way because he's the one dragging me and pash to the uh, barbecue two times a day
0: on that note we will put a lid on this edition of cardinals cover two presented by hyundai proud partner of the arizona cardinals as always special thanks to our executive producer jim Omahundro. for paul calvisi i'm craig realu we'll talk to you next time here on cardinals cover two